and welcome to the Slow Quest podcast. I'm Bodhi, and I usually use this podcast to chat to other creatives in the TTRPG and fantasy art worlds, but this episode's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to answer some of the questions that um, that I get every now and then, but also just ones that people have sent me specifically for this for this episode. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a way for for the listeners to get to know me a bit better and uh yeah and and i really enjoy this kind of thing um so i'm going to get into it um there are a few simple questions about me that i think i'll answer in one big group so that's how old am i i'm 32 um where am i from originally is perth australia and now i live in the netherlands in amsterdam with my my girlfriend lena who runs a shop in amsterdam which is fucking awesome um, it's Pansy. Uh, you can find it at Hello It's Pansy on Instagram. And I recommend if you like nice things. Um, and then I'm going to start the questions now with the first one. What do you do when you're in a creative slump? That's, that's an interesting one. I'm really, I'm lucky in the sense that I don't, I don't often have no ideas like I, I always have projects on the go. I'm always doing something, but every now and then, maybe about every six months, I get I get this thing where I just yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it is a creative slump. I basically just have this feeling like it just doesn't feel exciting or right to be working on something. Like it's just I just don't feel like it um, because being creative does take a lot of energy, and I don't know. I guess. I guess I've gotten better at accepting that slump because I think it's like um, you get a bit, you can become obsessed with the fact you're in a slump and you can fight it too much and it doesn't really help. So what I, I kind of have been doing is accepting it. So if I'm like just not able to work, I'll just not work. I'll accept it and lean into it and I'll just like play a video game for a day or two to really like get it out of my system and and just get over that and usually I'll come back to feeling like working again but honestly it doesn't happen much I, I'm really lucky in that sense I, I do feel like I always want to be working I think in a healthy way I hope um, next question is what was the evolution of your goblin design well I was looking back through these the other day I don't know when I drew my first goblin. That would be a fun one to find. But one one thing that I noticed is that their noses used to be just little little bumps. And then I thought it was more funny to have long dangly noses. I think that's the main evolution. I I honestly think they've stayed pretty similar other than the nose. I, I think I'm getting better at drawing them, which is nice, but that, that's about the main evolution so far. Maybe I'll I'll draw like a the evolution of the goblin, but that's I think that's different to what this question's asking, really. Um, yeah. How did you develop your style? Um another sort of evolution y question. I think I've like most people who draw I've been drawing all my life since I was a little kid 
I definitely didn't always draw like this, but def there's definitely bits of how I draw now that are obvious in my old drawings. Like I was visiting a, um, my family's, my, my parents' house um, last year and there's a painting I did in like early high school and it has trees and it's weird how much those trees are like how I draw trees now. And there was definitely a point where I started drawing more realistic trees, but then have since sort of simplified back in a way in style to this funny, older, basic looking tree, which I, I think is really fun um, that that happened. Um, but I think I really, it was conscious to develop my style. I really worked on it and I'm like, I didn't want to draw eyes differently every time I wanted to draw in a style so I decided I was like this is how I draw eyes and I, I tried a bunch of characters there was a, a period of about six months to a year where I was really like because I was pretty conscious of developing slow quest as like a brand and a style and so yeah it was a really really purposeful thing the only thing I'm still working out which I mentioned in the the Gabo episode which was I still don't know how I draw feet and they're mostly the same, but I often switch back and forward between these kind of side view feet and more 3D looking feet, which is annoying, but it's less apparent, I think, in my style. So yeah, it was a really conscious thing. I, I try not to draw too much from specific sources, but I mean, it's always nice to, to pop on Instagram or Pinterest and just look at how everyone else does little bits and try those out for yourself. Um, yeah, so it was it was a very intentional, purposeful thing that took took a little while, but yeah, maybe less. It was less natural and without intentional effort than I think most people might think. Um, next question: How did you get successful with commissions? Um, I mean, I don't do heaps and heaps of commissions, honestly. I do some and, and I really enjoy doing it. Like it's really fun because it's doing a, like a fantasy character commission is nice because it still feels like I'm drawing like an original piece of artwork. It, even though it is someone else's character, I still bring a lot of myself to it. So I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I just drew a lot of characters and put them out there, I guess. And I enjoyed it. I think that's a big part of it. You can't really do it unless you're really enjoying it. Um, so yeah enjoy it is my advice um no and just share share your characters do them lots and yeah that's how i don't think that was a good answer but that's that is my answer um next up is what is your biggest distraction when working and how do you get past it um it's tough i am not good at focusing even doing like a really fun job like what i'm doing now like i do this full time I get to come to my studio every day and draw goblin dicks for money, but I still get distracted. I mean, I'm getting better. I'm definitely getting better. Uh, it is a, it's a self-discipline thing that's really, you have the whole internet at your disposal and at your fingertips every day. And it's really easy to just get lost in it instead of doing work. And I think I do a lot of procrastinating productivity, like productive procrastinating which is why I end up doing a lot of different projects is because I I get distracted with other ideas. That's probably my biggest problem, getting distracted with other projects that I want to be doing. 
and that sort of gets in the way of me ever finishing anything. But it is, I set myself goals. Like I think Kickstarters are really good for that. You set yourself like deadlines. There's reasons to be doing stuff. You have obligations. Um, oh yeah. Finding a way to be accountable is really nice. Right? Even in simple ways like what I've been doing lately is I have, there's a Discord group that I'm in that we have like a little, almost like a little office space talking area. And I've been popping in there like just during the day for all day sometimes. And there's just other people working on similar stuff or doing their own thing. But it's really nice because you're all sitting there working and it feels like you're in an office together in a good way. Um, and it feels a bit more like, like I should be working because everyone else is working and we talk about what we're doing. And I think that's really fun. So I think that's been a really good thing because I used to like going to like, um, I would go to like a cafe or the library or something and take my iPad to do some drawing because it's nice to just get out and have a different, a different context to draw in and, and make stuff. But I'm not, I'm productive there. Like if I have a specific task to do, that'll be really good. But I need my computer and everything to be fully productive and there's a lot of elements to what I do. So I think um, having, being able to write, draw, lay out pages, do all of that is really handy. So I, I'm never more productive than when I'm at home. I think I've been distracted during the question about distracting, being distracted. Um, yes. So biggest distraction is just my own other projects. And how do I get past that is find accountability in some way, which is either self-imposed deadlines, which are hard to get to work, but more often um, working with other people and just telling them about what you're doing and what you want to get done is a really nice way for me to get past it. Next question is, does SlowQuest feel like a job at this point or do you still genuinely enjoy it? No, I, I enjoy it. It's no, there's no, the only thing I hate is taxes. Um, that feels like a weird bumper sticker. Um, that's the only downside of doing this is managing it all myself and having to take into account money and taxes. And uh, there's like VAT over here, which is like GST in Australia. It's like you have to sort of pay it every quarter and manage it and keep track of everything and, and I'm doing it, but I get really paranoid about it. And that's sort of the only thing that feels like a job is that kind of stuff because even marketing and social media posting and everything like that, I really enjoy, like I find it so exciting to, to post my work and see how it performs. Like it's a fun experiment to like change a little thing, like try a different kind of um, caption, try a different title for the post on Reddit or yeah, doing hashtags in a different way on Instagram, seeing if that makes a difference. I find that all really exciting. Like, I really love that. So I know a lot of people find it really boring to do social media. And I think that's of this business. That is the, that's the bit that a lot of people don't like. And that's really important. Like you can be the best, the best illustrator and designer in the world making the coolest stuff for Dungeons and Dragons or whatever you want. And if you can't promote it, then you're not going to, I mean, maybe, but I think it's such a, it's, it's more important than making good work. I think that is my hot take on 
on this kind of business. It, it's more important to be good at advertising yourself than it is actually to be good at making good work. Um, I mean, doing both is nice and striking a good middle ground is the best. Um, but yeah, that's my answer for that. How did the journey of taking art slash TTRPGs as a hobby into a business go and how has that changed you? I mean, it's, it's motivating, I think, because before I was doing it for fun, so I, I think, I mean, I was still getting stuff done, but it was smaller projects and smaller, like less frequent. But when I know I need to put stuff out every month and I need to be putting stuff out constantly or like my income will dwindle and I won't have money to pay rent and buy food, it's, it's, it's very nice motivating. Like it's a good motivator. Um, because I have to, but I don't know that. Yeah, I I think it's a good thing for me because of my my ability to distract myself and not get stuff done. It's it's nice having a very intense motivator like that. Um, how has it changed me? I'm just making more work. I don't know if it's changed me. Um, it's made me really think about where I want to go with this and what I want to do. And I don't really have those answers, but it make, I, I think about it a lot. Um, I'd really like to get to the point where I can afford to bring in people to collaborate with on slow quest stuff. Like I'd really like to do more writing, get more people in for writing and we kind of work on an idea together. They write it and then I sort of finish it off and produce it to put it out. But that's sort of a, it's, it's coming, but it's, I have to be able to afford to pay people because it's a lot, it's a lot easier to just do everything myself. Obviously it's easier money wise. <laughs> well, that was not, not a great answer, but that's my answer. What does a pansy slash slow quest crossover look like? Um, pansy is my girlfriend's store. Um, or I, I'm guessing this is more referring to Pansy as in Alina the artist. Um, so what would a, a collaboration or crossover look like between us? I I don't think she would be into this, but I, I would really like to do a thing where she designs, like kind of similar to what I was talking about in the last the last question. I'd love it if she designed like a a module, like an adventure that it, then I produce like I just I just know she would come up with some really cool, different, just super weird adventure content to use in a D&D &D game or some other TTRPG game. I, I think it would be really fun to try as like an experiment. I don't think it would be for everyone, but it would be a really fun thing to do. Um, I mean, if she could do some of the art too, that would be a really cool thing too. But I don't think our art styles cross over that well. Um, so I think one of us would, would do that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's a good one. What is your favorite TTRPG and what are you currently playing? I have a boring answer for this and that is 5th edition. It's it's good because a everyone plays it, not everyone. A lot of people play it. If you meet someone who's into TTRPGs, they probably you could invite them to a to a fifth edition game and they'd be like fit right in and know how to play most of the time. And if they don't, it's it's fine. Um, 
it's high fantasy and I love that like it's made for the kind of setting that I like um I'm not a huge fan of like slightly alternate takes on fantasy usually oh, that makes me sound so boring but it's true I think the thing I like about fantasy is visiting revisiting tropes and things that we know in slightly different ways um so yeah I yeah, that's I don't think that's my answer. Um I'm currently playing in a fifth edition game. It's a it's a kind of a planescape setting with my friend JJ who was on the podcast. And it's very different to anything I've ever played. It yeah. Which is really nice. It makes me want to play with more DMs because I feel like I've been playing D&D for a long time, like TTRPGs for a long time and I have had only honestly a small handful of dms and i think i guess you really learn a lot when you have different dms so i i, I want to make an effort maybe maybe that'll be a 2021 um goal of mine is to to be dm'd by more more people and more different people yeah i did play i played so JJ also um, DM'd or GM'd um, Tales from the Loop, which is probably one of the more different systems I've played. Um, I liked it. I it felt like a movie, and I feel like I feel unsure. I I think it made a really good game, and it was really fun. But I I think there's something about kind of a simulated world that that kind of feeling of this sandbox that i really love like like in in tales from the loop in the game we played i felt like i should be doing certain things like there's you can be creative about how you do them but i felt like i was meant to be doing a certain going in a certain direction um and there is some of that to dnd like just to be a decent player i think you should consider the direction of the game and the other people in it but i think whenever i played dnd i felt a bit more like i can do anything and that's sort of the thing that excites me creatively with dnd um but also that depends on the dm and whatever it's yeah um i did love the game of tales from the loop that we played um, I don't know, it sounds like I'm being negative, but I really enjoyed it. It was really cool. Um, it felt like we were playing an awesome movie. Like we were in a movie and in a really cool way. Thanks, JJ. Um, do you prefer one-shots or long campaigns? Um, it's, it's, that's very hard. I think lately I've preferred one-shots because it's easier to manage. It's it's really hard getting adults to play D and D regularly. Um, but like, nothing beats like a years long campaign having those stories to come back on and remember together and and like things coming up again and revisiting old places after all this time and like it's so cool. Like I I think the best of D and D for me is is having those long developed stories like these characters that are old like i mean you know years long campaign could be weeks in game but 
just that like long long history with a character is it just it gives it that depth that we can't all get easily straight off the bat with a character um yeah so i think i have to settle on long campaigns it's like a good long campaign versus a good one shot it's a long campaign for me but generally i think you're more likely to have a good one shot than a good long campaign <laughs> well yeah because long campaigns don't often come about no i'm definitely saying long campaign if a campaign gets to be long it's a good one probably because it's lasted do you have any rituals or activities which help prompt creativity or productivity um let me see i like writing a list i like just sitting down in the morning if i know i've got certain things to do if i want to meet like deadlines or something like that i write a list i tell i tell lena what i'm doing and i buy myself a coffee like i i set myself up in the most comfortable way into the day that's sort of the best ritual i have sometimes i like to go for a walk but that's not often like if if i'm if i'm trying to create something quite complex if like i'm writing like when i write my choose your own adventure stories which i know i haven't released one of those in a long time but i tell you i have written many that i just don't release um i like to write a draft and then go for a walk with it printed out and then i'll just sit every now and then and like read it and circle things and make notes and i don't know why that helps but I think it does. I think not having the distractions. Yeah, that's that's it. I think that's that's the main rituals. I'm, I'm trying to think of any others that I have. Next question is, does your main group have any house rules? Um, my main group, I will consider my old group from Australia, which we're like on hiatus at the moment. We haven't played in a while. Um... I think we don't have any really specific house rules, but I think something I would say would be a house rule is that the rules aren't strict. I think the the rule is that we all should agree that something is fair. Like, so I'll be like, oh, you're going to, I don't know, it. there's probably a rule for it, but I'm going to lasso this moving thing while I'm on a wagon maybe there's not a specific rule or maybe we don't want to come up we don't want to look it up i'll i'll propose something that i think is fair and i mean we haven't really ever had any debates over it. usually it's just I, I think i'm a fair dm so maybe i hope that's why i think it's also we're just we were, we're all quite reasonable and we're there for the fun of it but we, we we like the strictness of the rules too so i think as long as we all agree that it's a fair ruling we're fine with it not being a real rule, but there's no like recurring house rules. I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, that's kind of the end of the questions that I have. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to start to wrap up. I, I have a, a little spiel to do. Um, my my kickstarter for stick a hero is finishing up in the next few days so if you're listening to this close to um close to the release date then i'd like to i'd like to 
to request or just suggest that you go and have a look at my project. I, I'm really proud of it. It's done really well. I think, I think we can get over a few more stretch goals before the end. Um, so, so what the project is, it's stickers that you can build portraits with your, of your character with. Um, so like you might have a favorite D&D character, you might be starting a new game in a new system um, and you want to visualize that character. And this is like a, a set of sticker sheets with all sorts of, there's like eyes, noses, hats, helmets, feathers, buttons, armor, swords, everything I hope you need to make a character in any way that you want. And you can stick it on these like blank characters to make up what your character looks like. And it is really fun. I know like I made it and I'm selling it. So of course I'm going to say that, but it, it's really fun to do. I definitely got carried away a few times making some like samples or testing it out. It's really good. I am definitely going to be including these in any session zeros that I do from now on. Um, even like one shots, it's like a fun little memento for people to take home. You can, you can add to them as your characters level up and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So you can go to slowquest.com forward slash Kickstarter will take you to the Kickstarter page or just check out any of my social media. I'm spamming it around there. Um, yeah, there's not going to be a Patreon article for this one, but I've been putting up a bunch of new stuff on Patreon. If you want maps, adventures, like encounters, I'm putting up some tokens even today, like hero, like PC tokens and the creatures will be up soon. A uh, bunch of new content cards. Yeah. Um, even a, a modular dungeon tile set. Um, so you can make dungeons that look like how I draw, which is fun. Um, been getting a really nice response to them, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash slow quest. Um, I'll be back soon. I've got some cool people coming on the podcast. Just going to say that. Um, I hope my mic didn't suck as much as I think it might have this, this episode. But um, thanks for hanging out and listening. Um, I'll see you soon, hopefully in a few weeks. 